0: Stumped for that as of right now. And uh, previous to being here in Nashville, I'll talk about what I'm doing here in uh, Nashville in a second. I have served in a few different places. Uh, I had the opportunity to serve for several years at an organization. You'll see the sign for it on the bottom right of the slide called Shepherd Community Center. It's a Nazarene Compassionate Ministry Center in downtown Indianapolis, uh, working to break the cycle of poverty by working with children and youth and their families to address physical, emotional, spiritual, and educational needs, and I had the opportunity for several years to serve at that inner city ministry as a pastor and as a fundraiser and um, got to serve there for a number of years, and then uh, my wife and I, and at that point, our six-month-old son, Zane, served as missionaries for two years with the Church of the Nazarene, and we lived in West Africa, both in Senegal and Ghana. And these two photos are from our time in Ghana. Uh, in the top right, uh, from a trip that I got to take to northern Ghana, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to um, on earth. Um, and uh, getting to work with some amazing leaders like the gentleman in the yellow uh, collared short-sleeved shirt, his name's Reverend Frank Mills, one of the best leaders we have in the church in the Nazarene. And he's a district superintendent there in Ghana. And uh, one of our favorite events was uh, a young adult event that we helped host in Accra, uh, Ghana called Mission Immersion. We have a similar one to that here in USA Canada. Uh, For this one, it was bringing together young adults from across West Africa and a few other countries uh, in the African continent uh, for a week of training, of uh, learning what ministry and vocational uh, uh, missions looks like and helping Uh, this group of young adults discern how God might be calling them to be involved in the mission of God. And um, (laughs) this was our photo at the end of the week, as we went to take a a good quality uh, group photo, someone threw a soccer ball right in the middle, and everyone was you know, laughing about it, except my son, which if you see in the bottom left, I'll blow it up for you. Um, He was having none of it and completely deadpanned the camera um, for that entire photo. Um, So that's a one and a half year old Zane, uh, not smiling in the least. Uh, So uh, Indianapolis, West Africa, and then for the last two years, it was actually two years ago, um, this past Friday that my family moved here to Nashville, Tennessee, where I've had the opportunity to serve as both uh, community engagement pastor and university pastor at uh, the church there at Trevecca Nazarene University. And this is uh, one of my favorite groups of people. Um, it is our weekly, during the school year, it's our weekly Bible study um, that we have for college students. This photo is uh, like a year and a half old. So our our almost two year old daughter, um, Ritu, my wife, is holding in the background there. Uh, but This is uh, some of my favorite stuff Uh, my uh, ministry role specifically is to uh, help engage young adults, but then also as we're finding unique ways for outreach compassionate ministry and partnership at our church. um, That the two roles that I have are not separate the idea being how can we equip and empower young adults to lead our church into better engaging our community and our city. So. That's a little bit about me, uh, my family, and our ministry work. I, I want to start real quick um, referencing a passage of scripture, John chapter 6. Um, to, to set that up, let me tell you a quick story. Uh, the nonprofit that I worked at in Indianapolis has a preschool um, that is a part of their ministry there. And A number of years ago, getting um, closer to Christmas, if you've ever done Operation Christmas uh, Child or Operation Shoebox Um, with a Samaritan's Purse, Uh, you collect uh, items, uh, kind of sanitary essentials and toys, and pack them up in shoeboxes, and they get shipped to children around the world and help them um, have Christmas gifts and also be able to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. And so the way our church and nonprofit did it that year was our church collected all the supplies and to then incorporate the preschoolers into our uh, that ministry outreach, we um, invited them to help pack all of the shoeboxes. And so these three and four-year-olds were helping pack shoeboxes for other children around the world. And then we sent them off to one of the collection centers. And a day or two later, uh, a young man named Ben, who was four years old, walked into the senior pastor's office and he had a crayon box with him one of those hard shell kind of, you open it up, keep your crayons and pencils in it. Um, And he brought it in and told, had told his teacher that he wanted to talk to the senior pastor, Pastor Jay, and said, you know, Pastor Jay, um, I have this. Um, And he opened it up and inside the box were two beat up matchbox cars. And he went on to explain, he said, you know, I wanted to give these for those kids in the world who uh, we were sending those toys to. And Pastor Jay said, you know, Ben, it's okay. Like we've, we, we had those other things. We, we sent them like, you can keep those. Um, the pastor knowing that, uh, Ben came from an incredibly broken family, um, where, um, father was not in the picture. Uh, mother was, um, wrestling with some very, um, serious brokenness in her life. And very often Ben as a four-year-old would be the babysitter for his younger sibling, um, at home. And, those two matchbox cars were two of the only toys that Ben owned. Um, And Ben said, no, 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 no. I, you know, I have toys here at the school that I can play with. I know there's kids in the world who don't have anything. And insisted on giving those two matchbox cars to the pastor. Every time I think of Ben, uh, that story happening uh, 15 years ago, I think about John chapter six, where we find Jesus on a mountainside, and uh, these thousands of people were told um, are collecting around Jesus. And then it comes mealtime, and they realize no one uh, packed lunches, and they were too far away for Uber Eats to get to anybody. And they uh, come up with five loaves of bread and two fish. And we're told that Jesus blessed it, and that it fed that whole mass. And there was there was more than enough left over. And at the very end of it, Jesus said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. I think of Ben and the Matchbox cars and the young man who had uh, the fish and the loaves in John chapter six, and I'm reminded that in similar to them, when we, in all of our local churches, uh, very often we will feel like we don't have enough to bring to the table, Uh, but what we're called is to bring what we have to Jesus. And just like in John chapter six, he will miraculously bless it and use it for his kingdom. And so wherever we are, wherever you find yourself uh, in terms of ministry and your town and your church, um, our calling as we engage in God's mission is to bring what we have and to participate as Dr. Mason was mentioning in the plenary session, to participate in the Missio Dei, what God is doing in the world. And so I want to start with that as we uh, talk over the next several minutes. So, um, three forms of young adult ministry that I want to uh, talk about. Uh, we'll t- we'll go through these three, and then I have another list of three. Um, like any good pastor, three points is about the the max that I can get to. Um, but uh, to give us a couple different ideas, um, knowing that we all, all we all are in different. Uh, ministry contexts. And so um, hopefully you'll find at least one thing that you'll be able to walk away with that is helpful. Uh, and, and goal being that it's stuff that will apply wherever we find ourselves in ministry. So the, the three forms of young adult engagement that I would say that we should focus on is um, an invitation to young, for, for young adults to engage in what is going on in our church an invitation to young adults to engage in what could be, and then for us together to venture together in the journey in between.
1: Welcome back, Jeremy.
0: <laughs> my apologies. I, um, I'm i not sure. I, I, all I know is that I saw the light flicker behind my head and I realized that something had shorted in our house and then um, you all froze, which I knew was not a good sign because that meant that I had actually froze. So. My Wi-Fi just rebooted. My apologies. Angela, would you, while I pull up my screen again, would you be willing to tell me where I froze at?
1: You froze at? And if, you, at,
0: can, and if the, you can make me co-host so I, could re, okay. I can share yes. my screen again.
1: Um, you were talking about um, uh, walking, along people, uh, walking along young adults and the journey in between how to make them a part of what we are.
0: What awesome. we're doing. Okay. Cool. Um, let me get everything back. So, um, to re to just reiterate um, an invitation to engage in what is, what could be, and the journey in between. Uh, one of the questions that I think is all too easy to ask when we're um, involved in ministry uh, with young adults is to say, how do we get more young adults uh, in our church? And I think that a more helpful question is to slightly flip it and say, how do we make sure our church is actively engaged in God's mission? Because if our church continues to become more and more engaged in God's mission, that will be invitational to people of all generations, but especially young adults. The the number of conversations that I have with young adults my age and younger, I'm 30, um, so people in their 20s and their late teens, I've lost count of the number of conversations where where, uh, friends, uh, college students that I talk to say, you know, I see brokenness in the world. I wanna be a part of addressing that brokenness. And I honestly don't see how the church addresses any of that. And some of that is uh, we as the church always have room for growth to be more engaged in uh, what God is doing. Also, um, as plenty of you know, some of the people who are doing the most amazing things for the kingdom of God are people who are so busy, they never get around to having enough time to share the story of what God is doing in the world. Uh, but for young adults to, to see and be able to participate, I. Um, at our church, we had a, um, uh, a, several young adults who got engaged for the first time about a year and a half ago, because they're really tech savvy. And all of a sudden, we really had to figure out as a church, how do we do church online? And they stepped up and helped lead our church in March, April, May, the very first few months of the pandemic. Uh, but even before that, and moving beyond the pandemic, what is it that our churches, that our local churches are doing well, that we are, how we love on people who, who are in our, who come to our building, how do we love people in our community, um, and in doing so, creating space for young adults to engage, to be able to lead as well in meaningful ways, not just being delegated tasks, but be given responsibility uh, and leadership, and and that leans into the, the second point of what could be that there are maybe new areas of ministry that we can invite young adults to help lead or to even just ask the question of what would you love to see our church doing in our community and giving the space and the freedom to be able to try it out, knowing that not everything will work. Uh, There's a, you know, in kind of the tech business world, the, the phrase fail Fast, not that we're aiming for failure, but saying if we truly believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, that our God is in at work in the world with the people of God to redeem all of the creation of God with all of the goodness of God, then we're willing. Then we will be willing to do anything we can to share that good news through word and through deed uh, in the world around us, and so be willing to be able to to attempt uh, new things. One small way that we're doing that in our local church is uh, we set aside a small portion of our church budget this year and are um, attempting to, to give some freedom to experiment where we invited young adults from the age of 18 to 30 to submit a, we called it a grant proposal um, for something that they would want to do at the church where it's, it's not a ton of money, um, but a little bit of money that we could say we picked one um, of the uh, proposals and we're going to give a little bit of funding to to help support them and see how it goes. Um, I'll give the caveat: we're literally trying this out right now um, and seeing how it goes. Our our first idea is a young lady who wants to partner with a ministry that's a safe house for those coming for women coming out of human trafficking in the city, and so she is. Um, going to get a a small amount of money to help uh, bring in the executive director of that ministry to speak at our church and then be able to find ways for us to partner with them on an ongoing basis. Uh, Not something that would have been on our radar otherwise. Uh, We knew of the ministry, but it's something that one of our young adults is really passionate about. And so we're saying, hey, like help lead our church forward into what could be. And then the third point being this, uh, that we venture together in this journey from where we are to where God is calling us to be. Relationships, um, as, or as Doctor Mason put it, you know, incarnational ministry is central to what we're doing as the whole uh, local church, but especially in ministry with young adults, uh, discipleship, uh, intentional, long-term discipleship, uh, long-term discipleship with young adults. You look at Matthew 28 and, and the great commission where God said, go, um, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit and teaching them all of the things that I've told you, um, that I've taught you. And that last phrase, um, teaching them everything that I've taught you, uh, I think really, um, paints the idea of the great commission a little bit differently. If you really take that serious, because then if we're going to go and make disciples, it's not just a 15 minute conversation or just handing a tract to somebody. If you're going to go up and talk to somebody on the street and witness to them, if we're taking the great commission seriously, uh, think about what those disciples, they had spent three years hearing what Jesus taught them. You can't communicate everything that Jesus taught them in three years in a short conversation. If we, if we are um, seeking uh, to have someone take a step of faith, we're also uh, signing ourselves up to disciple them for the long term. Uh, and the same thing I think it is true for ministry with young adults, where some of the most meaningful things that we can do is to journey alongside with them in meaningful mentoring relationships, pouring into young adults as they're pouring into others, knowing, um, as you know, in any mentoring or discipling relationship that it impacts, it's mutually beneficial uh, and impacts the discipler as much as the one being discipled. So uh, what is, what could be, and the journey in between. Um, one important, uh, I think, piece of this is, um, again, to be on mission. A conversation I had several years ago with a college freshman. He had been off at college for one semester, and I was asking him about how his experience was at school, but also finding a church home, like getting into, plugged into a church, and he kind of laughed and said, you know, I have had a lot of free pizza over the last couple months, um, because every church that I've checked out has had some kind of uh, free food event. And he's like, I'm all for free food. I absolutely love it. And he's like, but I also kind of want to be involved in what the church is doing. I don't just want to be a project of the church, uh, that they're like seeing me as someone uh, that I'm like an object of their ministering. He's like, "I I want to participate. In what, our, in what a local church is doing. Uh, back to the idea of not just asking, how do we get young adults into our church, but how do we make sure our church is on mission? And uh, the emerging generations have the energy that when we connect it with the wisdom of uh, more seasoned generations, that we can do great things for Christ in leaning into God's mission. So, what is, what could be, and the journey in between. Uh, one of the things that I think is really important, at least for, I, I found this important, is to say, hey, my goal in discipling young adults is to seek maturity over metrics that while I'm going to try to reach everyone that I can for Christ, and our church is going to do that as well, that we are going to lean into how can we help uh, individuals grow in their relationship with God. So three ideas that I'll leave you with. Uh, One, acknowledge that we are in the mission field. Use a W plus two approach. I'll explain what that is in a minute. And then to engage in ministry with rather than ministry too. Uh, share a few stats, but you know this just as well as I, because it's not a, a recent uh, change in our culture and in our society in USA and Canada, uh, but that we are becoming uh, less and less of a Christian culture. Uh, Barna in a study called the Future of Missions that they recently released uh, said that um, the percentage of Americans who are engaged Christians, which is going to church one Sunday a month to be categorized as an engaged Christian, 22% for boomers, 18% for Gen X, and then 12% for millennials. research shows that for every one person who's entering the church, there are four people leaving the church. And um, the Fuller Institute says that roughly 50% of young adults, uh, young people who are involved in youth group leave the church after high school. This isn't only just a crisis now in terms of people walking away from the church, but this means that there are less and less people that are in our churches to be called into vocational or co-vocational ministry, uh, for them to be called as lay leaders, as missionaries, or to be involved in those things. Uh, And so coming to terms with with the reality that we are in the mission field, and when we are in the mission field, creativity and innovation is necessary to do whatever we can to reach whomever we can with the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, One way that I specifically have found uh, helpful to do this, and I didn't come up with it, took it from another church that was using it is called the W plus two approach saying that for each individual, my hope is that they are connected in three ways with the church with worship and then two other areas of contact with the church specifically for young adults. I say I want each of the young adults that our church is connected with to be engaged in a worship service, to be engaged in discipleship and service or volunteering. And I think I found this really helpful, again, seeking maturity over metrics, because if you when you think young adults, you can think an 18 year old who is going off to college, you can think a 22 year old who is uh, engaged in a career you can think of a 27 year old who's married with a kid those are very wide spectrums of reality and lived experience in terms of having a young adult ministry they each are in different areas of life and have different uh, areas of need and also things that they can contribute to the church so instead of saying hey one size fits all um, my goal for for any of those young adults is to say Okay, uh, engaged in Sunday morning worship um, at our church, and then an area of discipleship and service. And at least for me, this frees it up to say, I don't have to be the leader of all those things, whether you're um, a paid or unpaid leader in young adult ministry, or you're somebody in your local church who's just passionate because you have friends and family members who are young adults, and you want to see them stay in the church or come back to the church saying, okay, what's one area of discipleship and one area of service that we can connect uh, each young adult to? And there's gonna be overlap, you know, a Bible study, a Sunday school class, a discipleship group, a a women's ministry, a men's ministry, uh, but saying, hey, if we can have them in these three areas, like that's a win um, if they're engaged in three areas on an ongoing basis in the life of the church. And then lastly, to engage in ministry with over ministry Two. Uh, one of, uh, during our time in West Africa, one of the com- most transformational conversations that I had was with our landlord. Um, he, we were living in Dakar, Senegal, French-speaking country um, with local dialects, and we were starting to learn both of them when I went to the store one day and was unable to find hand soap um, because we were uh, there was someone we had hired to hand wash our clothes because we didn't have a washer and dryer, and I could not find uh, it. It wasn't even like a you walk through store; it was one of those corner uh, shops that had everything on the walls behind the counter, and I could not find the thing of hand soap. And happened to run into our landlord as he was walking home from uh, his uh, from prayers at the local mosque, and he went in me find it in like 15 seconds taught me how to say it how to ask for it the next time we went and as we were walking back i was thanking him and he said you don't need to thank me he said there's a phrase that we have that we say here in french it's nous sommes ensemble which translates we are together and he said in the highs and in the lows we journey together Uh, so we'll we'll go through the bad stuff and the good stuff together and that's just what's expected uh when the church is leaning more fully into our beautiful identity as the bride of Christ. It's when we are journeying with each other, especially in young adult ministry, when it's engaging young adults to be a part of what the church is doing, not as a a siloed um, solely um, like siloed ministry that we are doing ministry to them. I think that actually extrapolates beyond just young adults. Um, in any type of outreach or community um, engagement, any compassionate ministry, but especially for young adults as well. Um, a few uh, resources, I know with my computer glitch, uh, we're getting uh, close to the end of our time. So let me mention these uh, few things uh, quickly. Um, if you, um, Angela, did you, I can't remember, did you put the, the link for the worksheet in the uh, chat?
1: I did not, but I will do that right now.
0: Okay. Uh, It goes along with uh, the things that we just talked about on these slides. The one reason that I specifically mention it, it's a, uh, if you, on that link, it takes you to a page where you can click um, on the, uh, to get a PDF. And on that PDF, it has links for all of these four things. Um, So two books that I found especially helpful in the last two years, Not Done Yet, which talks about specifically um, Beth Severson did research into what she calls bright spot churches, churches that have active young, like an active number of young adults in their church and what they are doing. Um, And I'll give you a, a spoiler. It's those churches are because people within their church actively have relationships with unchurched young adults, and they're actively inviting them to church gatherings and events. Uh, the second book sustainable young adult ministry uh, is great as well to say hey here are the ways that uh, we fail um, in trying to do young adult ministry and here's some paradigms to help us uh, be able to to succeed and then the young adult ministry podcast the yam podcast is a monthly podcast that um, i'm a part of with two other nazarene young adult uh, church leaders from across usa and canada where we've talked through uh, those two books on our podcast and um, about other things related to young adult ministry. And then my favorite app on my phone is that thing on the far right. Um, It is an audio Bible called Street Lights Bible. Uh, You can go to streetlightsbible.com or if you look up Street Lights Bible in the app store of whatever phone you have, that is the best audio Bible I've ever had. It's made by a team of musicians, great Christ followers out of Chicago. That it is, uh, it's just beautiful. Uh, they have it in uh, English and uh, most of the New Testament in Spanish. They have videos, they have podcasts, they have their own uh, music that they're making as well. Um, but it is one that I love, but it's also one that I found really helpful in recommending to young adults who have come to me and said, Hey, like, I'm struggling to read the Bible, uh, I'm, it's just kind of dry. Um, As I'm reading it recently. Um, It's a great way to mix it up. Uh, They they based off the New Living Translation, um, all of their um, audio Bible stuff, but it is uh, really great. We use it in our Bible studies as well. Um, If there's a large passage of scripture where um, you've been in, in this scenario, I'm sure in a small group where if it's a long passage of scripture, it's great. But after it it just to keep your attention the whole time, if it's like thirty-seven verses, it takes an extra work of grace, right? Um, And with the music they have and those that they incorporate to 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 speak the word of God, it is amazing. I I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, So those four things I would recommend um, as resources for you and for young adults in your life and in your church as well. And Angela, I'll stop talking there um, and. Stop the screen share as well.
1: Yeah, so I know the schedule says 615, but um, the next session doesn't really start till 630. So I think we can take a few minutes. Um, awesome. If uh, anybody, I know there was gonna, uh, we were planning on a QA and a at the end of the session. Um, like we were able to see Pastor Jeremy, he really has a uh, broad range of experience with the adult ministry. But I think a lot of the points that he's been making or that he made uh, during this session Really applied to, it can be applied to any of our contexts. So if um, we can take a, a few more minutes, um, if you uh, want to stick around, we can kind of uh, share ideas, share concerns. Um, if you have any questions for Jeremy, um, feel free um, and then we'll open the floor.
2: Jeremy, I think one of the problems that we all face is if you don't currently have young adults in your church, and young adults visit, and they look around and don't see any young adults. How do you get them to stay and to say, "Hey, we want to do this ministry"? How do we, how do you engage them and encourage them to to become part of the core group, essentially that would that would be part of that?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, to to be able to have that momentum, um, a few of the things that I've seen um, be helpful. Um, and the context that I've served uh, is that, you know, some of it depends on the, you know, what young adult or young adult couple walks in on a Sunday morning, um, because there are some where if you invite them out to eat uh, for lunch and, you know, just share with them the love of God like you would anyone else, um, that that will help draw them in. That being said, you know, for for most of us, uh, we are when we connect with the church are also looking for a way to get plugged in to people in the same life circumstances. Um, and there's, I don't know if there's a silver bullet to, to, to any of that. One thing that I know that, um, I've done in previous, uh, ministry locations when we were trying to get some momentum was that we partnered up with some other, with other churches, um, in the area, um, uh, the specific place that I was at in Indianapolis, we had the benefit of having a few other Nazarene churches in the area, and um, because for most of us we didn't have um, either any young adults or enough young adults to really get much momentum, but on ourselves uh, by ourselves, um, we started doing um, events and then a Bible study uh, together with a, a couple churches partnering together. That's kind of uh, depends on your geographic location and um, if there's others that are around. Um, but um those are two I, I loving on them well, trying to um be creative. I know one of the things that we done over the last uh year at in our local church is also use um as zoomed out as most of us are um that it does allow for some uh jumping over geographic barriers to be able to do like a book study. Um, on a book of the Bible or um, a book that we're reading the church and maybe being able to do it with a few other churches um, where maybe it's targeted to young adults, maybe it's open to everybody, but would be something that young adults would be interested in. Um, but uh, Pastor Matt, that's a, a really good and important question um, and uh, a difficult one to to be able to find exactly the, the right way to to figure that out.
1: That is a really good question. I want to uh, just to kind of reiterate what Jeremy said. Um, just as a person who went to a church where there were no younger people than 16 when I arrived and I was 20, 21. <laughs> Actually, I think the oldest one, was the young, the, the other, the, there were a couple of, of young ladies, but they were away at college. Um, I was, I was 21. And I was the youngest one, but a family came up to me and they said, hey, um, you want to come to lunch with us? And I was a teacher and she was the, 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 um, mom of the family. She was another teacher and I stayed because they took me out to lunch and I went to that church for three years. So sometimes it's not even, um, it was more of a, I found someone that professionally kind of acted as a mentor for me. It wasn't even, um, I mean, I, I had no other connection with her other than that um but and she didn't know that when she met me she they just said hey we want to take you out to lunch today and that was it i went to lunch with them every sunday for three years so that's awesome yeah that works
0: i will say i made that comment about free pizza earlier (laughs) food is a great and we know this is this is what nazarenes do well in terms of potlucks like we do food well i i um, and sitting down over shared food, uh, regardless of who we are, is a great way to, I heard someone put it this way, it's, it's hard to get angry at somebody, or to hate them when you're sharing a meal with them. Uh, it's a good uh, piece of peacemaking advice, uh, but also of, of ministry as well.
1: And it makes a huge difference where you just get a slice of pizza where someone sits down with you to eat a slice of pizza. I think that's-
0: yes
2: that's that's key right there that we do um at my church is and i don't know how this works this has got to be a god thing but i have kids from 12 to 32 in one group and the older ones have just kicked into that service you know that service thing with the younger ones and it It has just grown and just blown up, and it just amazes me that a 12-year-old and a 32-year-old can worship together, you know, can study God's Word and really learn and really want to learn and play together and eat together, and sometimes it just amazes me to sit back and watch it.
0: That's beautiful. Is that like a a Wednesday night or a Sunday night gathering?
2: It's Wednesday night Bible study. It is, and it started with maybe about five kids and as they grew, they got a little older and didn't want to quit. And the younger ones started coming in, you know, and it just it just slowly exploded, you know. And so it's, it's doing great. And, and it just ceases to amaze me how well these kids get along. Oh,
0: that's beautiful.
2: And you do what you got to do whenever you only have so many workers in the small church, you know. But God's yeah. always in it. He yeah. makes it work.
0: And it's something that outside the United States, NYI is like 12 to 30. i uh, been in places in India and uh, in Africa where um, there's not really a young adult ministry. It's exactly what you just described, Sherry, where it's um, as you get older, you begin pouring into uh, the younger uh, youth in the same way that they had been poured into by others. It
2: teaches them, you know, it raises them to take that place, you're going to leave for them someday, you know, to be able to learn and to know how to mentor those kids. Yeah. Great thing works for us.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: All right, everyone. Um, if you have a question, we're going to be here for a couple more minutes. Um, the next session starts at six 30. So I do want to give you some time if you need to take a bathroom break and, and, and uh, or, or whatever else you need to do. But thank you all for being here. Um, and I want to thank Jeremy. Jeremy and I actually went to college together and Ritu, his wife, we all went to college together. So we go back in the day. So it was, it, it was been great to work together in this capacity. Um, and you, the information in the chat, the link has his website on there. Um, and it also leads to a worksheet where it has those resources that he mentioned at the end. Um, so feel free to check that out as well. Um, but I'll be here a couple more minutes. If you have any more questions and, um, whether you're joining the next NYI session or not, uh, hope to see you, see you, see you soon. See you around. (laughs)